electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. This is CNBC Breaking News. Market sell-off. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures limit down, which means we're watching the Spider ETF for indications on where we may open as Italy puts Milan on lockdown. The Saudis launch a price war on crude. Europe's down about 7%. The entire curve is below 1%, 10-year about 44 basis points. So we're going to watch futures here tumbling. Investors are bracing for more market fallout from the spreading coronavirus while this all-out price war is adding to anxiety. Futures trading was halted overnight. If this holds, here's what we can expect in terms of circuit breakers. If we're down 7%, you halt for 15 minutes. If down 13%, halt for another 15 minutes. If down 20%, you halt for the remainder of the day, Jim. Some traders wonder how long we will be trading at the open. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the problem is, is it's twofold. No one thought that oil was coming. And obviously there's, a, I think, a very, very different uh, approached by some to what's happening with the virus. Some people are saying not enough. Others are saying, listen, we're making too much of it. I'm in the distinct not enough camp. Uh, I come back and I keep thinking about David Tepper and what he said to me at the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know if we have that. I think we do, actually. Is the booth ready on that? This is what going back uh, to mid-February. It was the day before the Super Bowl, and I came back, and I've never been the same. Uh, And I know that people have accused me of being fear-mongering for weeks now, no, I think I'm realist mongering. Let's take a listen. We're trying to back engineer it ourselves right now, so I think that's what you got to do is try to figure it out. Certainly ruined uh, the, the environment of the setup right now, so it's what, brand new. So. And what's important, I know that you, you talked to Joe, it's a good time, but this does, it's a game changer, isn't it? You have to be careful because it may be a game changer, so you just got to be cautious. And two weeks ago, you, you before the virus, it was one thing, and it's a different environment right now, so that's what it is. Yeah, I spoke to David this morning and yesterday, and it is the game changer, so uh, make no mistake about it. Uh, he's very, very concerned, and the things that he wants to go over basically are fiscal stimulus, that it's time, that this is the end of monetary policy. Obviously, he wants uh, more leadership. I think we all want more leadership. I think that we all want more test kits if we're going to just talk about health care. We all want uh, the Treasury Secretary to come out and say, small businesses, we've got no interest loans. We want to be able to take advantage of the curve, perhaps. These are my, my things. Yeah. And, and be able to be ready. Uh, we don't want golfing. No, we don't. Listen, if uh, all things being equal, if we'd come in today and the fears about the virus had continued to get worse over the weekend, which I would argue they probably have. Yes. The spread continues. And as you point out, I think we all know from our daily lives, people are treating this very differently. There is no uniform approach here. Everybody's behavior is different. Some people, many people, most, in fact, are just going on with life as normal, which is going to continue to exacerbate the spread. Yes. All that said, if we'd walked in this morning and it was simply the number of new cases and us going through it as we were just now and talking about how serious it may become, the market might have been down, but it was not going to be down anywhere near what we are given the completely unexpected 
move by MBS, the leader of Saudi Arabia, to basically tell Mr. Putin, uh, I'm done with you, and we're going to try and drive you out of business. Uh, and that's what we're seeing the reaction to, of course, this morning, with oil down uh, more than it's been down ever, at least since, since the, the only Gulf other War, day right. was the Gulf War, right, 91. Right. And, um, and that's where so much of the focus will be today, guys, in terms of the balance sheets of many right. of the energy companies. The HYG, of course, the index for high yield. What's going to happen there, given the preponderance in that index, at least percentage-wise, uh, of energy-related debt. There's a look at some of the major players. Um, we've talked often about, you've said for some time they're uninvestable, Jim, but yes. I would argue you were not expecting something like no, this. Uh, we're dealing with both a demand crisis as a result of the virus and the slowdown in economies right. worldwide, and now a supply crisis brought on by MBS with his decision to simply say, I'm not going to let Putin dictate terms. Right, and of course, Putin wants to put our shale out of business, knowing that the a lot of the prices in shale are obviously higher. Uh, my friend Rusty Brazil put together a very good matrix this morning. I'm just going to read it. This is uh, the ones that he believes are most in jeopardy uh, from bottom up. Whiting, QEP Resources, Occidental, where, by the way, the bonds are trading. Oxy, you know, they're 49, uh, trading Oxy, down yeah. 25 ticks. Now, Oxy does have a hedge. It's not complete in good any luck. way. Uh, the stock's trading as low as 17. Right. It'll be down 30-plus percent. And, I mean, and that's because they bought Anadarko at a very un- unfortunate price. And you pointed that out many times. Again, just, we're not here to say we're right or wrong, but that was obviously you said stay away. Very painful. certainly a good call. Uh, Hess, Devin, Apache, Chesapeake, obviously very much in trouble. I don't think it's anything. You know, don't forget, these companies also owe uh, pipeline companies a tremendous amount. It, it, it's a take or pay, meaning they have to pay whether they use it or not. I, I don't want to set up uh, anything that's too, too frightening because these are companies, frankly, except for Occidental, are not enough to bring the banks down, and many of them have hedges. They can actually last through a uh, low, but not low for long. Right. And that's the big issue. Uh, energy is 11 percent of high yield. Uh, the average energy bond is 11 points above Treasury. Uh, Mike Mayo out of Wells today says he's not worried about the banks, no. Jim, because the because of the stress test we got after the crisis. Right. Trust, stress test using these prices. Now, by no means. I mean, obviously, we all have to think about tone. And uh, I remember in um, 2007, I said uh, they know nothing. It's, it's not. It's a different kind of situation. Uh, this is just the need for fiscal policy. Monetary policy is over. So what do you mean when you say the need for fiscal policy? Well, I mean, I think that, one, you, you do obviously need leadership from Washington saying, we are going to make it so that small and medium-sized businesses that would otherwise go under have an opportunity to have no interest loans. Have support. Uh, yes. And we, of the fact, right. Although right. at this point, they're not dismissing their, may, they may not be dismissing their workers. They may not be bringing in the changes in behavior that would slow the spread of the virus. You need to support them in order to allow right. them to potentially do that. Yes, because the, for travel and leisure, the cost of a given week payroll, so high. So high. And uh, the, many of these thinly capitalized. Let's, let's not forget, I think a lot of people want to see kits. I mean, we want to see some, some sign of the federal government has this under control. When there is a cruise ship, it's, you know, Tony Fauci was terrific this weekend saying, don't take a cruise. But we're still letting people have cruises. And we need to see kits to say, okay, listen, we've now not just uh, figured out whether the crew does. Crew is a problem. Well, you, right. everyone, you talk about the end of monetary policy. I mean, people cited the Friday late rally, I'll call it, the right. bounce, uh, on Rosengren, saying the Fed should widen their universe of purchases. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I mean, they obviously have want to be sure there's no liquidity problems, but they cannot solve the, the virus. It's a biological problem. And they cannot put actual money in small business hands. 
And you do not want to see businesses that are otherwise good businesses. So you're talking, be put to, out of to, you're talking to business, not to households. Because one yes. argument over the weekend was, what does helicopter money do when consumers are being discouraged from going out and spending it in the first place? Well, I just think we're trying to keep the infrastructure, we're trying to keep the base healthy. We don't want to be in a situation where a lot of very good enterprises go under simply because of a virus that may that will be solved. And I don't think anyone believes that the virus won't run its course. I remember speaking to Len Schleifer, who's the CEO of Regeneron. He was talking about, don't forget, as much as there's community spread, there's also, uh, let's just say, immunity spread, meaning that everybody who has got who's going to get it has gotten it. Right. And when we get there, and yes, I mean, you know, a lot of people say you can get it again, but we, we need to make it so when we get there, when we get to the other side, there is something which at is, the other which side. Which is, in your mind, about a year. we got to get through this year, I, in, uh, in your view. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, we'd like to have something that comes up with, like, the Gilead test downgraded today All by right, one but firm. Let's just, what? We're, we're going Do you to, want me I mean, to? The likelihood of a recession seems to be exacerbated. If we had yes. walked in today, any one of these would be the story that we'd be talking about. I mean, like World Caribbean. With the market Carnival. down as much as it is, or the 10-year bond yielded 0.4% or right. the 30-year below, well below 1%, or right. this incredible plunge in oil prices. Right. They're all together. Um, and we're going to be, what, what are the limits here? I mean, 27.64 is level one, I think. Right. So that's be. that's 208 points. All right. Then 386. What are we going to do in 15 minutes if we hit it? And are people going to actually be calmed, or are they going to be... Uh, no, no. We've not, there's such a Look, I mean, I think that we all uh, who've been following us really closely will go to places uh, where there are gatherings. And it is so interesting that people seem very unaware. Um, There's still a lot of handshaking. There's still a lot of like. No, you, we, no, we, you keep coming back to the virus today, though, but I'm like... Well, the virus is very real. Yeah, without a doubt, but tests. it's the conversation we've been having for weeks. Well, it's obviously you're, not... You're worried about obviously, it's not gotten I'm through to It's about not gotten through to people. 30% decline in the price of oil and concerns overall about what that's going to do, I, although a benefit, by the way, to the consumer, at least when it comes right. to gasoline prices... Um, but I would you're say talking what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. We know that this thing is spreading. Okay, let's it's say going to get the government is not that right. ahead of it. We right. know all those. Well, things. let's say the president of the United States were right here. Do you think the president of the United States would agree with that? We're talking all about it. I do think you, it'd be very do you helpful. want to talk about what he's been tweeting this morning? Because it has nothing to do with the markets. It, it better not be about the golf score. The, the Washington Nats, the Nats, are they good golfers? It, listen, the fact is that we have this very close relationship with the Saudis, but MBS has done you, something you that come is come back to the look I, that has uh, no. that is certainly not a good, helpful thing, right? Right, declaring no. a price war. No, it, it was very unexpected. You came in, you saw the futures down, and a lot of what I'm saying is a lot of people at home are unaware of both the twin problem of oil and not enough kits. Now, you know, Dr. Fauci, whom I totally respect, and Dr. Fauci at the end of the interview at Meet the Press, where Chuck did a great job, he says, oh yeah, please and don't take cruise ships. Well, I mean, hello, how come we have cruise ships? Why? I mean, it would be great if the president just came out and said, you know what, look, we're, we're, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Now, I am not saying that he should uh, panic. I am saying that if he wants to be the president come January, it's a whatever he takes moment. They're not doing that, Jim. Well, not, they, maybe because. The, um, the, well, we're, we are we going to be silenced because we say Larry it? Larry Kudlow was with us on Friday saying it was relatively contained. This virus, well, the, virus is not that contained. may be an ill advised position, People David. They're not changing their behaviors. The government is not well, asking them to significantly other than getting on cruise ships. 
and that's where we stand well, right now. So uh, do, you do you think that's an ill-advised posture? Do you think that's an ill-advised posture? We are corporations make decisions that obviously are slowing economic activity in you, a significant way. And then separately, we've got this crazy oil thing that's happening. All right. Well, look, let's take you say crazy. I say that the ones that are undercapitalized. Unexpected. But the ones that are undercapitalized are not nearly as bad. I don't want to be tell people, I'm not saying buy these things. But I am saying, will they stay solvent? I think a substantial number will stay solvent. I think that they remember they were they did visit twenty six dollars in twenty sixteen. Now obviously if it stays there, a lot of the companies that you see, including some on that screen, will not be solvent. But I do I mean, think I that I think that's the expectation is you're gonna have a number of potential bankruptcies. Right. Are not but it's not gonna to be Mike Worth from Chevron. No, of course not. It's not well, but he is able to take advantage of this. He may be. Now Exxon decided during their investor meeting, I think last week they kind of went against what had been generally expected and they're continuing to what have they got? Sixty two rigs operating the Permian? They're they're spending more, not less. Well they went Ill, all in, again, right? ill advised. Uh, Exxon, what's the, what is the dividend yield going to be on, on ExxonMobil this morning if it opens at $40? Well, it'll look like, like BP does, which is that not unacceptable. David, I, you know, one thing I would, you know, David, want to point out, okay? Yeah. We can sit here and talk about oil, or we can talk about kits and fiscal stimulus. We need confidence, is what I'm saying. There's no confidence in oil, obviously, but you could easily turn this into something that's positive for, for 316 million people in the country rather than not the other million. I'm, I'm not being but the, bullish. But, but the financial markets this morning are reacting a lot more to this plunge in oil prices. Well, I think then, if, let's put it and this way. I think it could be a twin. It is. I think it would be a twin. That today agree. is oil, then tomorrow it, you know, we're a cruise ship, and then it's travel and leisure. Sure. I mean, we, you're not talking about the Milan, 16 million people in lockdown. In the lockdown isn't going to go like yeah. that. I mean, I'm sure the president probably dismisses that. Uh, as someone who goes along quite frequently, I'll tell you that that's a very big economy. And I don't know how uh, Monte de Paschi, which is a bank that I use, uh, it's the oldest bank in, in the world. I don't know. It seems ill-advised to keep money there. I don't want to say, you know, they, they do have a FDIC Italy. They right. have that. Right. They've got what's called, you know, kind of a... a FDIC it's a there. large economy with a significant amount of outstanding well, debt, is yeah, I believe. That's we'll where keep I'm going. An eye on their bond yields as well because they're moving in a different direction than the rest right. of the world. But, and a quarter of their population uh, can't move around. We walked you through the circuit breakers at the top. Uh, Bob Pisani is on the floor this morning, going to help us understand what the process could yeah. look like this morning. Hey, Bob. Certainly volatile overnight and going to be a volatile open. Uh, the, the key point here is there's a lot of hand-wringing about the idea that the S&P futures were limit down and we don't really have a clear idea of what's going on. None, none of that is true. We have ETFs that are trading, and those ETFs open at 4 a.m. Uh, in the morning. Here's the biggest one. We talk about it all the time, the S&P 500. This is the largest one. There are several S&P 500 ETFs, but SPY is by far the biggest. You see it open at 4 a.m. And look, it's implying a open here of down about 7% roughly. So that's the important thing. We've seen this all throughout the morning, and this has been fairly steady all throughout the morning. Down 6.7 to 7 point something. Uh, the point is, we do have some indications of how the market might open here. And if you doubt me, if you think this is a lot of hope, hocus pocus, I have heard, uh, take a look at what's going on in Europe. Let's look at the, the uh, stock 600, which is the S&P 500, essentially, of Europe. Oh, look, it's the same number, essentially down about 7%. This is what we have been talking about for weeks. There is essentially a global takedown of the market multiple right across the board. It's in Asia. It's in Europe. And it's in the United States. And it's all 
playing out in a remarkably similar pattern, saying that this is truly a global phenomenon. Carl mentioned the circuit breakers. We don't often drag these out. These circuit breakers have a very long history, but they've actually only been used once. Let's review where they are. Level one would be the S&P 500 down 7%. Now, that would happen until 325. You would halt trading for 15 minutes. Up until 325. After that, you keep trading. The second level halt would be at 13%. So if you down 7%, you reopen after 15 minutes, you go down 6 and then suddenly you hit 7% again, you don't stop trading at 7. The second time around, you go to 13%. That's until 3.25 p.m. as well, and then you stay open regardless. The third level is level 3. That's 20%. That would hold trading at any time during the day, any time. So it's a little convoluted, but these circuit breakers have changed over the years. The first one was back way back in uh, 19, uh, right after 1987. Remember the October... Uh, 1987 crash when we dropped 22%. Pe there were no circuit breakers. People looked at that and said, my heavens, we should do something. So they started circuit breakers. Originally, these were based on points and around the Dow. And eventually, over time, until 1997, they used a point, uh, they changed to a point rule. Uh, and originally, uh, it, was a, it was a point rule, and then they changed to a percentage move here. So these have evolved over the years. The only time this was actually used, believe it or not, October 27, 1997, that was at the height of the Thai buy crisis, and they did halt it briefly, even though it was only down 7%. They were using a, a point system. So the, the idea here is there is a circuit breaker. There are individual stock circuit breakers that were also put in place a little bit after that. Bottom line here is we're going to open here. We'll see if we hit any of these circuits breakers. I'll be on the floor walking around looking at individual stocks and seeing how the open goes. And of course, guys, we're all going to get through this together. Back to you. That's absolutely true. That's good. That's good. Uh, one other thing people are looking at. I mean, Morgan Stanley Jim has a note out today. They see another 10% downside from here, uh, which would take us into, I mean, we don't like to use this term much just because of the technical aspect of it, but bear market territory would be S&P 2708. So that's another that's 9%. Fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think people are thinking about, okay, let's say, that what was where was the market the last time we are going into recession? Uh, let's go back to December of 2018. Why would we not retest that level since it seems like we're going to do that? I don't think that's unrealistic. I do think, as David says, the, the weightings will be different. When we get there, it's going to be oil and gas, but oil and gas has been reduced as part of the S&P. Oh, as a percent of the S&P, it's right. small. As a percent of the high yield no, world, no it is quite it. large. Um, what if by the end of the week, MBS reverses or Putin says OK and they get back together? Well, I mean, I think that that's possible, but it's something to guard against if you're just dumping everything. I mean, if you're a short seller. But I, I think that then you default to the next issue, obviously, which is uh, confidence in business in this country and a belief that we have the public health system well-funded. I think that one of the things, you know, it's terrible to have to go back, but everybody did this week and go back to Spanish flu. Now, immediately say that that's a fatality issue. I'm not talking about that. But the idea that some public health systems were very strong and others were very weak, particularly the one that's from my fair city, Philadelphia, is worse in the country. Why? Because they allowed a giant war bonds parade. You know, that is true, right. We've, so we've all read a little about the history. Right. Uh, Isn't it amazing that we actually had to go back to Spanish flu? where 5,100 people died. A lot of the officials will tell you, at least offline, I think, is that by, by, by not allowing or pushing back on changing behaviors and pushing back on the spread quickly, you right. will prevent the overwhelming of the health care system. Right. That's, and that that is you a want to slow concern. it. You want to slow exactly. it down because we don't have enough beds. We don't have enough test kits. I think that if the 
the federal government were to suddenly say, okay, listen, like, the, like Dr. Fauci said, listen, we have all the test kits. We're going to go to every cruise, and we're just going to find out whether people are sick. We're going to find out the real numbers, because the president, obviously, I think they're committed to the 500 number that we had this weekend. And I think we all kind of say, well, if that's the case, then what's there to worry about? And I think that that's a shame, because we've got to get a more realistic figure uh, in order to be able to at least take it more seriously. I think a lot of people out there in America want more, they want more confidence, they want more leadership. I don't think that's wrong. I think that at this time, the idea that we can just, I mean, it it was President Wilson focused on the war. Here, it seems to be, let's just make it clear that it's not that bad. Go about our business, play golf, uh, fix up uh, the White House. That's that's one way to approach it, is what I'm saying. It's one way, it's not the way I would approach it, but there is one way to approach it, which is to say, Keep calm and carry on. I mean, a Winston Churchill-like, I think it, it would not be that. Churchill being, I think, the person who I default to a lot when I think about but what's the right thing to do. This morning, the people I've spoken to are not talking about the virus as much as sort of in a secondary way. They're talking about the fall in oil prices, the incredibly low yields, what the Fed or and or the government will do, as you point out, monetarily or fiscally at this point, what's going to happen with oil over the course of right. this week. They're talking about, obviously, the move in stocks that we're going to see. What's going to happen with the ETF market? How are you going to price ETFs if the underlying securities are not able to be priced? They're talking about those things. The virus well, well, is tertiary at this point. What if we're but, coming four no, weeks I don't now? think. How can you? The hypothetical cessation of economic activity, if we did anything like the Italians, is also a talking point, Absolutely, right? because remember, the vast majority away from the financial institutions that see lower oil prices is good. I mean, let's not forget, while we're a net exporter, really, is the Permian is a rather new, new issue. The Permian's producers aren't nearly as reckless as we're making them out. I'm more concerned, and I know, David, obviously, you and I are cross-purposes here. I'm thinking if we came in four weeks from now, the discussion may be quite different. Well, well, in a good way. No, no in, in, a in a public way. health way. In we would be public talking about public way. health. Right. I think that may very well be true. We're going to be discussing the virus every day for weeks to come, most likely. Perhaps right. some good news along the way. Well, certainly. We, the, hope. we do want to hear something. There's so many tests going on in China about things that could get people out of the hospital faster. And that's what I want. I, that and the idea, right. you know, I want Meg Terrell to come on and say, you know what, there's been some success to the Gilead trial. I, I don't want to come on and say, I can't believe that uh, certain companies got trapped in oil. Right. But for now, people are reviewing the banks that have the largest exposure to energy companies. Very true. That's We've done that before. We did it in 2016. Right. And the private equity companies, David, I'm counting on you because the private equity is now the shadow bank different from the uh, shadow bank of 2007, 2009. But you you know that world very well. And you know that the private equity companies have been bidding like crazy for oil, ill-advised, no more ill-advised than the ridiculous HP bid. (laughs) Speaking of 09, today is the anniversary of the S&P crisis low. Uh, And the day after, of course, Mark Haynes called the bottom. It's 666. Um, Treasury, what, the tenure was at 666? But they went that out this weekend. How do you take the Treasuries having the biggest move between, say, 12 and 3 on Sunday night. How'd that happen? That is amazing. You mentioned Meg Terrell, Jim, uh, and we are going to turn to Meg now for all the latest on the coronavirus. Good morning, Meg. Good morning, Carl. Case counts around the world now climbing past 110,000 with almost 3,900 dead. More than 62,000 have recovered, according to Johns Hopkins data. China's new case counts are continuing to decline, with Wuhan now closing 11 of its 14 makeshift hospitals, according to state media. But South Korea, Italy and Iran continue to see increases, all now reporting more than 7,000 cases. Italy locking down its northern region, affecting about 16 million people. Case counts also climbing past 1,000 in France and Germany 
Germany and approaching that threshold in Spain. In the U.S., confirmed case numbers doubled over the weekend amid still limited testing to now more than 540 with 22 deaths. Washington State, the hardest hit with an outbreak in a nursing home. New York and California also reporting more than 100 cases each. And in Northern California, the Grand Princess cruise ship due to dock today to move its 3,500 passengers and crew to quarantine centers on land. 21 people on board have tested positive for the virus. In Massachusetts, 15 more cases announced yesterday, all tied to a leadership meeting in Boston for biotech company Biogen in late February. And though testing has been limited, officials now say capacity is increasing. FDA Commissioner Dr. Stephen Hahn on Saturday said the CDC had shipped enough tests for 75,000 people to public health labs, which as of then had tested 1,583 patients. 1.1 million tests were shipped to non-public health labs, with up to a million more potentially shipping today. And testing giants Quest Diagnostics and LabCorp are now offering COVID-19 testing as well. And we'll have LabCorp's chief scientific officer on next hour to discuss that further, guys. All right, Meg, uh, where are we just in the actual kits? I saw you say a certain number of people on cruise tested uh, and showed that they had COVID. Uh, What I'm confused about is why isn't everyone being tested? I mean, don't we want the uh, notion that when there is a spot, a hot spot, why isn't everyone being tested? The Biogen uh, hotel fiasco up in Boston, why isn't everyone being tested? We can't have any conviction or confidence without the number of kits being being equal to the number of people who may have this. How many uh, kits are there versus a cruise ship that's loaded with people who may be sick? Right now, we are hearing that by the end of the week, there could be 4 million tests sent out. Um, in addition, there is going to be capacity from academic labs and these commercial labs, and we'll ask LabCorp about that as well. It's important to remember when we're talking about the number of tests, people often get more than one test in order to confirm that they have uh, the virus or that they don't have the virus. Uh, so you kind of have to divide that number. So still, even though we're talking about millions of tests, capacity is limited. We can't test everybody, right. even as the federal government has expanded its guidelines for testing for anybody who, with a doctor's note, uh, can potentially get a test. The capacity's not there. Well, there you go. It's not there. A great country. David? You want me to answer that question? Is that a question? Yeah, it's a question. We are a little slow and late. I think we've all agreed on on this. And there is, you know, I know there's everybody has a different thought on on not everybody. There are many different thoughts on this virus. Right. As you well know, most people seem to be just continuing their their behavior the way they would. And that's wrong. That is ne- no. Historically, it's wrong. I mean, there are a lot of people who say, listen, if we just act as if. It's the Battle of Berlin, you know, of London. No, I mean, it's not that kind of thing. We can't get confidence unless we get it from the federal government. I think we all look for leadership. You heard what Meg said. We don't have enough tests. Well, wait a second. We actually need those. I mean, maybe by the end of this week, maybe everyone on a carnival cruise will be tested. But every time I look up, there's a carnival cruise somewhere. I mean, what is it? I mean, carnival cruise, if they're everywhere, we're not even talking Royal Caribbean. I'm not talking Norwegian. If they are indeed everywhere, well, I want them, I want to know, do we just send them away? Uh, we're going to find out when the Grand Princess docks in Oakland today. That's 3,500 passengers Jeez. who are going to go into immediate quarantine. You know, Fauci, the other thing Fauci said on Meet the Press was about air travel. If you're elderly, maybe suggested you don't fly. Global air traffic is set to fall this year by about 9%, Jeffrey says today. For that kind of number, you'd have to go back to 1978. So does American uh, in its current form do okay in that. It's not clear to me. Fortunately, the the airlines have much better balance sheets. But again, I'd like to hear from the federal government. 
these companies will be fine. I don't think you need to worry about it. I'd like to hear that Boeing will be fine, despite the fact that the CEO did everything I thought in an article to make it so that the FAA has to think twice because the culture is so rotten. They're talking about an ill-advised interview at a time when a major American company is uh, theoretically on the ropes. Uh, I know that there was an apology issue. Yeah, he did. He did say he was embarrassed. I feel like he fully attacked the culture there in in some ways. Man, I thought he went after his predecessor pretty hard. Well, he did that. That was that was unfortunate. Suboptimal discussion. Um, Uh, But I do. do I mean, the FAA wiring question is one well, that we would, again, be focused on were it not for... Right, but I think you read the article in the FAA and you say, you know what, let's hold off a little. We can't really hold off a little because that's a major American company that doesn't really have... No one's got the capital to sit there and have 737 Max parked on a parking lot. This isn't like well, this isn't like used car. We're not, this, this is not auto well, nation. To what degree is Boeing willing to ask their employees to stay home? There you go. The way Tim Cook said to Apple employees in a memo over the weekend calling this whole thing unprecedented. Well, I think Tim Cook has been a leader the whole time. He was the first one to say, look, you know, we don't know what we're going to do with the numbers. Obviously, iPhone sales are going to go down. But Tim Cook has said from the very beginning, look, this is a real problem. Uh, He's shown great leadership, uh, a tremendous leadership at a time when I feel that there's absence or at least a hole in the leadership. Yeah. Uh, Corporations, as has often been the case in certain areas, Tip of the spear. The lead. Yeah. Right. Well, business There's is no doubt. very and, forward. You know, Mark Benioff has Google, shown great leadership. Google knows a lot. We all know that. They see a lot. They know a lot. And look what they're telling their employees to do, right? Well, I want them to do more. Look, I, I, if what do you I want the, them to do more? Okay, I want to get the smartest people of Google in a room, the smartest people of Facebook in a room, the smartest people from Salesforce, smartest people from the Stanford so-called okay. unbelievable uh, computer science. Let's get them in a room and say, guys, look. Let's make this work. Solve this. Because the healthcare community needs to be have the well, benefit of Google's healthcare right, business. Jim, to back to your larger point, you want to do something like that, you need the lead to become from the government. Well, it ain't going to come from us. Well, it's not coming from the government either. Well, yes, it's not. And I want to know the people in the, in the Google healthcare business, which I think are about the best there is. I would love to hear what Feinberg, he's a terrific person in the healthcare business there. Verily, I'd like to hear what, the, what they're saying. And let's get them in a room. Let's get the smartest people in a room. Like, let's do something that rep- represents the notion of the Manhattan Project, that we understand this is very serious. I, I think that's important. All right, so we're going to watch circuit breakers early. Again, uh, looking for a S&P decline of 208. That would trigger the first circuit breaker, and we would pause for about 15 minutes uh, as uh, the headlines over the weekend have come fast and furious. Let's get the opening bell here. At the big board, it is City, uh, celebrating City Women and International Women's Day, of course, which was yesterday at the NASDAQ. It's Market Access, an electronic trading platform for fixed income securities. Uh, so uh, somewhat uncharted territory. Yes. We wait for all of the S&P to open, and then we see if we're down more than 7%. And then, we and then we're in a bear market. And then we will have a 15-minute pause. Right. I think that I've always felt that those things in itself, while... Uh, certainly created a time of where things weren't able to work because I remember, anyone remembers in 87, the system failed. Now I feel that, well, no thank you. We don't want that. We've got to cleanse it out. 
and a cleanse it. What is it? What does that mean? It's about the selling to run its course. Let's get where we have to go. But there's still so many questions, Jim, that it's hard to, you know, you can adjust for oil well, prices I mean, if you believe they're going to be at this level. You okay, can well, adjust for certain things, but we don't know if there is going to be what, how, what the impact of the slowdown in business activity is going to be. We right. don't yet know any answers on the virus. No. But, so it's very difficult to... Well, why, would, why would you want to buy stocks down 7 if you think they're going to be know. down 13? I mean, I've got a 10-year yield at 0.4, and I can pick up shares of ExxonMobil with a dividend yield of 8.5%. That's, so, that's fool's gold. Okay. I think you want to look at something like American Electric Power, AEP, because they actually have a, a balance sheet and can refinance, take a look at the... They can look at, as Nick Akins told me, they can look at the Treasury market and say, yes, this is gold for us, real gold. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a 3% yield that I'd rather have than an 8 I don't think anyone should ever reach, reach for yield from a company that may be strapped, even as great as Exxon. Okay. At these levels here, guys, uh, circuit breakers are not yet triggered. You'd need another couple of points lower on the S&P, uh, 208 points. And... I mean, traders predicted we would see it maybe in the first few minutes. It's still very possible. Down 1,800. What a great time to hear from Secretary Mnuchin saying, listen, I don't think you have to worry. Uh, I think that there'll be uh, low interest to no interest loans for the companies uh, that otherwise wouldn't be able to make payroll because of just issues involving uh, COVID. Be great. I'd like to hear from the Treasury Secretary. So you're talking about trying to avert a wave of small business bankruptcy. Yeah, that's the base of our country. And, you know, is the base of our country whether, you know, Proctor at 115? No. The base of our country is the restaurant, the hotel, the uh, airline. Well, airlines, obviously, we don't want them to have a bailout. But we just need to hear that, that companies that are involved in the day-to-day management, small and medium-sized business that will not be able to meet their payroll four weeks from now, should not think that they have to close their doors. I mean, I think that door closing is really something that we have to think about. Well, and the, McDonald's and the, is going to be there. A host of cancellations. You know, South by Southwest in Austin, uh, businesses there count on those 10 days to make their year. Well, uh, Milk and Conference, David, you were talking about it last week. Ended was, up getting yeah, it, did, it got postponed until July. And, of course, we, you know, July. hopefully it will take place then. But it's very much unclear what the world's going to look like in July. Right. Well, I mean, you look at treasuries, you look at the tenure, 4.43. Now, this is, again, it's inside baseball for free. For uh, most of Americans do not even understand that. Now, some might say, you know what, this mortgage rate is really pretty good. But then Doug Yearly, the CEO of Toll Brothers, told me since he expects not a great selling season. I question whether uh, you want to go through someone's house. Yeah, we are uh, just teetering, but not quite down the 7% that would trigger a 15-minute pause in trading. Okay, there's probably something to buy here. Oh, there, yeah. Uh, we had some corporate news this morning, guys, as well. We got a large deal, Aon and uh, Towers Willis. Uh, I'm sure you guys, uh, Willis Towers, excuse me. I'm sure you guys have seen that one. Any other day, we'd be focused on that. We've got a Twitter settlement as we are just about, there it is. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yep, there you see uh, you see the cessation in uh, ticks okay. on I mean, the S&P. That yeah. means the first wow. circuit breaker For whom the bell tolls. has been triggered. Well, how about this? How about we take a very clinical approach and look at companies that we know of the cash flow, and you're going to be able to get that yield. So, for instance, the drug companies. Uh, some of the food companies, I say, not, I say some because we know that we've seen stores that are empty 
uh, in Milan. I don't think that happens here. But I think a drug company that has something that, frankly, can't uh, be avoided. Do you really stop taking Keytruda? But here we go uh, with Merck. Of course, trading halted. See, this is what I mean. Does that inspire confidence when I hit trading halted market-wide surge? I want to actually see where Merck is. Well, that, that also is, was a question this morning a number of people were raising. We're in a 15-minute pause right now. Does that help to um, I don't think bolster so. confidence, or does it in some way do the opposite? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think we have no price discovery on companies that are really and very good. Don't you want to get a 5% yield from a company that you know has a steady business? Yes, I think. As opposed to reach. I think in this current environment, anybody would be happy to take one where they felt like the dividend was right. secure. Right. That would be terrific. Now, let me give you one. This is the big quandary. I'm going to give you the one that I spent a lot of time on this weekend. 61 years of, of dividend raise. Decent to uh, good balance sheet. But a lot of leverage to the economy. But mass. They have mass that many of us have in our It's 3M. I find 3M is the great quandary. How yes. do you go after a company that has a 61-year dividend raise right. with, a, with a company that just had the debt downgraded, but yes. not serious? But there's a litigation risk there. But then you, you have know, PFAS. Well. But I, that, that, I think 3M kind of encompasses because a lot of people want to say, I want to buy 3M because they have the best mass. Yeah. And then meanwhile, people tell us the mass don't matter. Well, you know, give me a break. Oh, the mass matter to be able to have confidence. But hopefully that will be a... Uh, but this Relatively is, short-lived phenomenon. But this is when the Treasury Secretary should grab a microphone and say, listen, we're, we understand, a calm voice, we understand that, the, that we have circuit breakers, but understand we're watching this. We're, we're, not, we're not idle. Uh, and I know that one of, the, one of the ways to show leadership, again, if you're the president, is to say, listen, keep calm, carry on, let's play golf. But another one would be to say, you know what, for those who don't have the means, this would be a good thing to do. Um, yeah, it is good to hear from your leaders uh, to try to engender confidence. That said, I don't know who you'd choose. I guess I'm going with Mnuchin. You want. Yeah, yeah, well, because he's been through he's been through the wars. He knows uh, finance. He knows uh, travel and leisure. He's uh, he's a very schooled person, and I think that he is the guy I'm looking to. Yeah. Come out. You can't, the president's very hard because the president is all weekend kind of telling us we don't have that much to worry about. I would like to hear, but if we do feel we have something to worry about. Fed as your backs. Yeah. Uh, the Fed, not, to, I mean, federal government, not the Fed, which can't. Oil, oil is still trading, right, Carl? I mean, we still got uh, not everything stopped, right? So, I mean, yeah, oil's moving. Yeah. Don't you we feel the 15 at, minutes we is take just a look at oil and just see what that's well, doing right now? Sub, talk about it. It's and, what's and talk a bit about trading there at 32 dollars. I mean, 32.44 on WT. Remember, it went to 26 in the in February of well, 2016. 29.50 last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, overnight low. Prior to the circuit breaker a few moments ago, the Nasdaq was officially down 20% from the high. Interesting. That would put it on course to close in a bear market, Jim. Are, yeah, I mean, are no, we, I mean, are I we think, declaring the end of the bull market today? Yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's certainly a realistic thing to say the end of the bull market. It's been a great run. I think that when you see companies like Occidental with a 20% yield, Occidental selling at $13 billion, which is a fraction of what they paid for Anadarko, I think you have to say to yourself, well, you know what, we're, we're, in, we're in different times. And a bear market, well, we have one when Jerome Powell almost, you know, we're down 19% from levels. Remember, Jerome Powell almost threw us in recession, and then he averted that, but he's helpless here. And I wish we'd stop talking about Fed policy. It's fiscal. We haven't gone anywhere in the S&P, though, when you look at it now, since July of, uh, of 18. I mean, we're back where we were. Well, OK, how about this? Should you factor in a rise in corporate taxes because President Biden 
would immediately change the corporate tax rate. Is that a reasonable thing to do in an era where one president is not necessarily helping his cause uh, and another would-be president is not necessarily pro-corporate? 2342 on the S&P is the level that I expect. What was that number? 2342. That's where we had the pal bear market. 2342. 2350. What am I? Yeah, 20. What do I think I'm like? Just just, just checking out. What am I like a legendary Wall Street funny man here? I'm talking about 20. I'm talking about a level that that is perfectly realistic. Uh, Bob Pisani is on the floor with Stacey Cunningham of the NYSC. You can help well, our viewers understand, Bob. I'm just uh, grabbing Stacey like. here, of course, the uh, head of the New York Stock Exchange, Stacey Cunningham, joining us. And Stacey, we've had a halt here for 15 minutes. Do you want to explain what the market is doing right now, what the traders are doing? Yeah, the market right circuit breakers are designed to slow trading down for a few minutes to give investors the ability to understand what's happening in the market, consume the information, and, and make decisions based on market conditions. It's a plan that's put in place for situations like this. It's been tested. We test it every quarter. So this is operating as, as it's supposed to. And the important thing is that this is not meant to change any of the fundamental facts that we're dealing with this, this virus. It, the purpose is to allow the trading community to seek liquidity. Yes, and, and to give investors a time to absorb information and respond. And so that, that's really what it's designed to do. And it's it's operating as, as planned. And it, it's really you know a, a precautionary measure that we put in place so that the market can slow down for a minute. We like to say uh, earlier that these uh, these trading halts, the, the circuit breakers, have a very long history. They go back into the late 80s with the, the big crash in October 1987 when it dropped 22%. But it's changed over the years. It used to be, of course, a point system. Now it's gone to percentage system. It used to be the Dow. Now it's the S&P. So the most recent update was 2013. These are continuously updated, correct? Yes. As markets evolve, it gives us the opportunity to take a step back and see how have things changed and how does the industry want to come together to provide even more resiliency during times of stress. So after August 20. 24th, 2015, we made a number of changes uh, designed just for conditions like this. And the, the important thing here is the market will halt down 7%. It's going to reopen very shortly in a couple of minutes. There are other trading limits, uh, halts uh, at 13%. So the next level, it wouldn't stop at 7%. It would go all the way out and then there'd be another halt at 13%. Right, we would have another pause, another moment to, to catch our breath and, and reevaluate. That would be uh, in place until 325. And after that, there's no halt unless you drop 20% or more. Correct, correct. Yeah, and of course, these these systems changed over the years. The important thing is, we'll wait here. We'll be here on the floor. Stacey will be here. She's been walking around talking to the traders. We'll be opening in just a few moments here. And Stacey, I know you're going to be... say, Bob, over the years, we've seen, you know, way back when, we've, we've triggered these before, and the markets continue to operate. It's a long-term uh, it's a long term market for investors. Okay, Stacey, thanks very much. I know you'll be around. Guys, we'll be down here on the floor monitoring the action. Back to you. All right, Bob, thank you very much. Uh, Jim, for home gamers, is the easiest thing to do today is, is to watch. Yeah, I, I think the cash is king. I, I don't think that they should feel like, wow, this is a great opportunity yet. I do feel that a lot of people who are on fixed income are going to struggle right here and think, well, what do we do? And that's why I'm so uh, hung up on the idea of let's build that portfolio uh, that will have no problem with the yield. And there you want to, what you want to do is you want to look at the balance sheet. And if you can't look at that balance sheet, maybe you have to just stay in cash. You have to have some ability to be able to judge whether the company can pay that dividend. Uh, but I do think that caution is still recommended. And I do think that the longer that the Treasury Secretary doesn't come out 
is the longer that the limits are going to be in play and we're going what to hit that say, magic level. What do you say, if you are the Treasury Secretary, that you feel would be beneficial in some way? I think to say low or no interest loans would be good. I'm just, you know, let's just be, can I just be personally for a second before I, I leave? You know, we have a payroll. I have a payroll of small business. At your restaurant? Yeah, and it, it's substantial because we have lots of employees. How long can we go? Well, I will pledge that we will go longer than you're supposed to, but that's because they are more of a sidelight for me. What do you do if you're actually a small business and you don't have any customers for three weeks? How many, you know, even during uh, a period in the winter where you have two weekends where there's snow, a lot of companies can't make it. But what a great thing to be able to say, you know what, I know that the government has my back and as soon as this thing wraps up, which it will, I will still be in business. We need a base of business that should not be threatened by COVID. Right. Now, a rapid decline in equity prices can also have a dampening effect on confidence, not yes. to mention people's pocketbooks or willingness to spend. Are we at that level yet? Yes. Okay. Um, should we get to some corporate news in the brief time we have yeah, here? Yeah, there's some, right? Yeah. Twitter, Twitter uh, quickly, the, 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 the Twitter uh, settlement that took place with uh, Elliot was quick. Yeah, that was um, They showed up, they came, and they got Did they uh, conquer? board seats. Uh, well, they didn't get Mr. Dorsey out, um, but they did get Jesse Cohn, of course, of Elliot, Egon Durbin of um, Silver Lake, uh, and a third independent director to be named later with technology expertise. They're also forming a new committee to build on regular evaluation of leadership and governance structure at Twitter. So we'll keep an eye on those shares, which are down a little less than the overall market. Uh, Silver Lake's making a billion-dollar investment. It's a convertible. And the board also authorized a $2 billion share repurchase. Again, that's the Twitter news this morning. It was a quick uh, settlement. They got to it quick. Uh, you know, they obviously worked hard with the board over the last few days. And um, they did reach that. And last week, Jack indicated he had some second thoughts about his Africa sojourn. Yeah, he's, I think he's uh, kind of seen the light there. Uh, I thought that this was an extraordinary uh, injection of cash in a business that hasn't really needed it, David. What do you make of that? Um, yeah, I think they'll, they'll take it, but you're right. Uh, and by the way, Twitter is certainly a platform that a lot of people are relying on right now. Yes. I know I am. I know the sort president was... voices that you think are, are worthwhile and credible to sort of help you I, navigate I, I, yes. what you should be COVID doing and how you should be doing it. Yes. COVID, and I have to tell people, Dr. Gottlieb has been, I feel, the, by far the best on Twitter and is a must-follow. Uh, what he's done is uh, done a very good series of pieces in, on Twitter yep. about what has to happen. I take my cue... Uh, from him, I don't think it is so-called fake news. He's he's quite a distinguished person. Uh, well, he's calling for things, Jim, we've not really done yet and no. that have not become part of the consensus view. No, and that was one of the of reasons. Mitigation. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of, when I went through what he wants, I said, wow, he's very fine, uh, really good, good game plan. We nothing, it would be just fine if the president said, you know what, I tweet. But I also saw Gottlieb, who's, uh, he liked Gottlieb. Uh, and there's some good ideas there. We kind of want to hear from yeah. the leadership. You know, there's some good ideas if it gets to within the next few days where you have that curve that we've all seen that seems like it, it's unstoppable. Yeah. Um, guys, as you might imagine, an environment like this one uh, can put the brakes on merger and acquisition activity. Yes. Certainly something we cover somewhat closely. Um, lack of confidence, the fall and volatility in prices makes it very difficult to negotiate. 
a ratio conceivably or even an overall price, even if you're a buyer or a seller. Uh, financing is not really an issue at this point, uh, but there are many others, and CEO confidence certainly is one of the keys. But we had a large deal this morning, and again, that otherwise we would be talking right. a lot about. Aon uh, buying uh, Willis Towers Watson. It's an all-stock deal, 1.08 shares. But they made a lot of sense. Of, uh, of, uh, of Aon for each uh, Willis Towers share. Uh, and um, they're talking about $800 million in uh, pre-tax synergies. Right. Um, and adjusted EPS in the full year up to the combination of accretion uh, in the high teens. So um, free cash flow expected to be break even in the second full year of the combination. And those stocks are trading better than the overall market. Yes. At least they were in the first, what did we get, 10 minutes of trading? A little less than that? Something. Right. I think that that's, uh, that was a... That was a, a, a very good idea. Now, the most ill-advised position going on right now in America, not unlike, it, it, very similar, by the way, to what happened when uh, Vicky Hollow bought Anadarko, uh, which was obviously one of the most suboptimal yeah, decisions in history. fiery tweet about that. Yeah, I was not. Nah, I, was, uh, I wasn't were, Jimmy Chill on that one. negative on that all through. Now, well, I, I think you could have foreseen that uh, MBS would say, we're going to a price war. But no, but it's... Um, it's better to be right than wrong. How about that? Uh, now, this one, this HP deal, uh, which is just fatuous and silly, Jimmy Chill has to say it's humorous. Why not just, why not, if you're, if you're HP, why not just take the money at this point? Well, because it's... 1840, and they still got their financing. It's a PC. Nobody's called force majeure. It's a PC company. What can you do without? What, do you, what can you do without if you're a major corporation? New PCs. Uh, well, actually, when you have a lot of people working from home, you've got to do an upgrade to make sure everybody's got video what capability. Do you, think? You, you don't think that's foolish, that deal, obviously. You seem to have some credence. Oh, I think that I think everyone leverage is, in this environment no, could be very dangerous. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah very dangerous. I do. However, we're going to open here in about 30 seconds. It's not, it's not comical. I mean, like, if you're one of those things, you're going to do the movie, you know, Margin Call. We're going to do Margin Call about HP, and maybe they're all kind of that red-haired fellow in that movie. Remember? I was in that movie. You were in Margin Call? I was in one of them. Well, could you please... Oh, no, I was in Arbitrage. Can you please speak up if you're in the next Margin Call and say, you know what? It's an Arbitrage. You know what, guys? Exactly. I've been reporting on this, and you guys are just silly Margin and greedy. Margin was the best of the breed. It was, but you know, Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Well, okay, let's take a look and see if there aren't buys. So I'm going to give people a buy. I've been thinking about this while we uh, see uh, Apre and Wadley Deleuze. How about Abdi? Okay, Abdi's got a good balance sheet. Uh, AbbVie's got a couple of fantastic drugs. Uh, they're buying Allergan. It's going to yield probably 6%. Uh, the combination is excellent. Richard Gonzalez is a good CEO. There. There. There's the needle. Do you have the haystack? We're still waiting on FTC approval. I, I had been told by well, people who I thought knew that it was issue? coming very soon. No, it doesn't appear to be an issue, but it is taking long. I have their new drug in my bag. It's really darn good. We've opened again. There's the open. Uh, and in the interim, by the way, guys, uh, the 10-year yield has held pretty steady uh, at, above the session lows. Does anyone here think, you know what, I'm going to give you one, and I'm going to say answer, yes, this is not rhetorical. What an interesting time to buy a house. We're buying a house, taking advantage of these fabulous mortgage rates. Fabulous. Um, mortgage but, rates are not yet reflective of. No, they're not. Move down. No, but I you mean, can. No, but play into No, but you can buy a house. Like right. you're buying, you know, you can All expect right. the move in the 30 year is going to equate to. You can buy a house using uh, borrowing money from a uh, bank. You know, borrowing money against your your assets. Right. At a very very good rate. That's what I'm taking advantage of. It's it's not joyous, but. Uh, Lisa, my wife, has said, listen, there's some good real estate in this distressed real estate. we got to keep our eyes open. Now, I'm not saying that this is uh, 
uh, where it's not hyperinflation, where the only thing that works are mansions and masterpiece, because we got the obvious, we have an obvious deflationary wave that is probably somewhat frightening to some central bankers. It's a, it's a, Indeed. By the way, guys, the Dow's down 2,000 points. 2,000 uh, points. Well, that's going to be on the front page. taking price action today, uh, as this will take you back to levels that we saw in January of 2019. Uh, so about a little more than a one-year low on the Dow, back below 24K. And the S&P down 215 again uh, for that second circuit breaker down. You would have to have gone 386 points on the S&P. So right. far from that. Oh, my Chapel Trust owns Clorox. There's another needle. Very hard to find Clorox right now. Are you Clorox. recommended taking some Clorox off the well, table? We took some off, but yeah. geez, you couldn't yeah. take all off. It's nice to have a winner among a sea of losers. And I do think that those of us who were shopping this weekend for, say, alcohol, uh, hunted for alcohol without any luck. I mean, hunted for wood alcohol. I mean, you're blind for three days if you drink that stuff. Uh, don't, paper, don't drink paper it. products. You see, Costco is no longer giving their free sample program due to coronavirus concerns. Really? Yep, that's according to but USA Today. But shrimp today. dip yeah. is so... Well, all right. Well, that's okay. Well, I'll talk to Rich Glanty later today and suggest they don't suspend that. Wouldn't it be nice if Gottlieb were to go help Pence? I mean, I would like wave a magic wand and say, you know, Dr. Gottlieb, you are now uh, with Pence, work, work Fauci. You're doing it. You're going to do a good job. You're going to provide a lot of leadership. Gottlieb provides a lot of leadership. Uh, and look, anything can happen. So, you can do um, that. Pence is meeting today uh, with, uh, he's going to do a teleconference with governors at noon. Okay. Then the task force meeting at 4. He will give a press briefing according to the schedule at 5.30 today. All right. The president's in Florida. He's going to hold some, a fundraiser in Florida. Uh, but, uh, a fundraiser? Yes. But are you For seeing... For small business? Uh, no, it's a, I think it's a, a campaign fundraiser today. Really? But, but the vice president will be holding these meetings. And your argument is bring in health officials from yeah. the private sector. We want the health side covered. Data we want to be able to say, listen, if we need to, we will make it so that every, we'll do kind of a Wuhan, we have a Wuhan plan in place where we can build, you know, we know how to build hospitals too. Does it really have to be only the Chinese? I mean, what is this, the 8th Army building a darn bridge? We can build hospitals. We can do a Manhattan project, but we need to be lead, you know, need we to be also, led. We could also borrow uh, at 10 years at less than a half a percent. I, I would like a hundred, a hundred billion dollar bond. Hundred? Why not go oh. for? Why not go for a trillion? Why not, what is this? The know? producers? What's the interest cost in a trillion dollars? At, at I don't know. Four. Springtime for COVID. <laughs> Let's get to Bob Pisani and uh, see how the process is working this morning, Bob. Hold on. Out that a lot of stocks uh, still have a lot of stocks still have not quite opened down here. I wanted to show you the boards over here. You see the green bands? Those are stocks that have not yet opened. There's Halliburton at the top, just opened a moment ago. You see it's down 31%, literally just opened. But all the other ones there you see are indications where they're trying to open them right now, and they'll be open shortly. Turn over here to Walt Disney, just opened. Uh, a few moments ago, down 6%. There, 5.97%. Procter & Gamble, also, uh, you see there, just opened there, down 2.9%. Uh, Some of the banks over there, you can see a little further out there. Citigroup, if Tara, if you just go all the way out there in the distance, you can see Citigroup there, down 13.7%. So, slowly but surely, all these green bands are going away, and uh, stocks are opening after a slight slowdown as we moved into uh, the market getting open here. But again, uh, you want to be in a situation where you open the stocks right. That's been the NYSE's attitude for many, many years. That means a balance between buy and sell orders. And so that's why you're seeing these stocks now just starting to open. We'll keep an eye on all of this and get you another update in just a couple minutes. Guys, back to you. 
Bob, thank you very much. Uh, coming off of those session lows of about 2,000 points a few moments ago, um, Jim, um, gold down oh, uh, a, says a lot, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think that there's liquidation there, too. But what a great opportunity. I know deflation, people say, well, let, why own gold? But I would say that you need something to give you peace of mind. And I think gold gives you peace of mind. 10% of your portfolio, nothing new for me, should be in gold. If you uh, don't know what to do, you can just simply buy the GLD or buy the bullion. You do need to put it in a safety deposit box. Do not keep it at your house. Uh, But I think that's a nice hedge against what's going on. I think it's chaotic. Not chaos, but chaotic. And I think that gold is very good to have. Gold miners, too? What do you think there? Uh, The ones that are least leveraged. I think that uh, Barrick had uh, Dr. Mark Bristow on. I think he's in great shape. Uh, that's the one I would buy. They've got the lowest cost, and they're also in Nevada. See, I learned how to pronounce that over the weekend. You did. Uh, and I do think that what a terrific place to be if it comes in. Dr. Mark Bristow is worth banking. Don't remember, remember, he was able to find a lot of gold in the era of Ebola, right in the heart of Ebola. This guy can do anything. The other guy's not as strong. Franco, Nevada, interesting. Do you know what you're doing tonight? At I do. 6 p.m.? I have eHealth, which actually is a company that does uh, helps you tremendously with Medicare to try to figure that out. Obviously, we, we will address uh, a lot of of the chaotic no- nature of the markets. There have uh, got to well, be some opportunities. I said Abvi. Yeah, there have got to be. Uh, look, look, Walmart is down two bucks. They still have enormous amounts of free cash flow that have watched but, their stocks decline by 40 or 50% but, but this do year. I want to buy... They aren't necessarily going to be impacted by the recession. But do I want to buy... Have one. Do I want to buy Walmart at 115, knowing it traded at 96 in March of last year, how about a little more value? How about some value, David? Okay, I'm listening. I'm saying that that could be down a little more. Why not be price sensitive? Look, I did say buy something. I did say that. I, I, I said buy AbbVie, and I'm going to be looking. I, I, I like Merck because of what the, the cancer profile of their drug, but... Merck is at 79. It yields three. It used to be at 92. I think that's attractive. You buy, you want to buy some Merck, buy a quarter position. I'm looking for a tech stock to buy. Okay. I, I, I have to look more. You, Microsoft is barely down for the year. Yeah, see, that's problematic. I want to buy Microsoft, but I'd like it to Apple be Apple is da- only down 6% for the year. I know. That's why it's, you got to be cherry. Amazon is down 2.6% for the year. I like Amazon right that here. That compares, of course, to the likes of, I mean... Boeing is down 28.5%. GE is down 23.5%. I think Amazon's a buy. Morgan is down 30%. Bank of America is down 33%. This is for the year, by the way. City down 31%. Don't you think that... You don't buy the banks here, right? No, but you buy Amazon. You do buy Amazon. I think you put a starter position in Amazon. Absolutely. David, stay at home is going to be a theme, but Amazon's going to get it to you. Especially with the lower oil price, that's an interesting idea. Well, I mean, there are beneficiaries from lower oil prices. Yes, oh, uh, there's what four happened? million people uh, are drivers in this country. Drive They're things around for a living, and right. you got to hope that they're not. That's not a huge source of quarantine. Well, look, I saw Grubhub recommended. I mean, to me, this is kind of not Grubhub's not J.P. Morgan at a time of the crisis. But I do think that there's a tremendous amount of value in some companies that do better in lower, with lower oil. And if we don't look at those, we're being foolish. But again, the Treasury Secretary, I need a little more confidence. I need to hear that they are aware and they are ready. And when they do that, I will feel better. Oftentimes an announcement comes out at 10, Jim. 
Well, we'll see Secretary Mnuchin, where are you? My watch is maybe the daily saving time issue. Well, the S&P is, at least off, is off the lows by over a percent now. There you go. Wow. What an opportunity to liquefy yourself if you are in uh, your margin. This is a chance to be able to reconfigure your portfolio if you're margin and, and uh, be more rational. As is the, uh, the 10-year yield at 48 basis points now. Seems remarkable to say. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Yeah, guys. You know, look, we got to remember, it's no time to uh, be too upset. you just like to see a little more confidence, a little more fiscal stimulus, and then we'll get through this. Obviously, we want this public health care system to be as well-funded as possible. Jim, we'll see you at 6. Let's get to the bond pits as well. Rick Santelli at the CME. Rick. Good morning, Carl. Well, a couple of macro issues. Every maturity from the five-year out, five sevens, tens, thirties, have made all-time low historic yields. Not necessarily true for twos and threes. So look at a two-day of twos and realize 24 basis points was the low. The lowest ever is from 9-11. That close was 15 and a half basis points. Obviously, we moved up. We're at 32 basis points now, which is down 19. 24-hour chart of tens. 31 basis points was the low. Currently, it's trading 49, and 49 basis points puts it about down 27. 30-year bonds may be the wildest of the bunch because it had settled at, well, 129 had a minus, I'm sorry, had a 69 low, 69 low. Now, it's obviously jumped a lot. It's currently at 94, which would be down, what, about 36 basis points. Now, we look at Boone's. Their all-time low is minus 71, established in August of last year. They are now at minus 89, and we continue, of course, to see the spreads narrow. What central banks do with this is anybody's guess. Does, it, does anyone really think throwing any eases at this made any difference at all? The market has got its own mission here. Finally, foreign exchange. You know, I was there in 87. I was there for Bot. They all seem so much scarier in so many ways. Maybe that's because of the machines. Euro versus dollar, lowest level since uh, about January of 2019. And all of that, of course, the mirror image of the dollar index, which is, of course, getting crushed. And if you look at the dollar yen, these are at the lowest level, should they close here, on the dollar side since September of 2016. Now, if we look at the yield curves, it's pretty easy to see 51 for 10s and 33 for 2s and see how much it's flattened from its uh, big skyrocket up to 30-plus on 10s minus 2s. And other than 30-year bonds, okay, the whole curve is 51 and under. If you look at the low yields, obviously the end game here is a pancake yield curve. We see 10s to 30s still have a nice distance, but much less on the spread than they had Friday. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.